Hello and welcome to The Undaunted Creative, a podcast that takes a closer look into the story behind success in the creative field. Today's guest, Michaela Petkus, is a Chicago-based visual artist who specializes in fine art and illustration. She identifies as a deliberate creator and storyteller, and her work displays human emotion, personal experiences, and personal perspective. Her work carries a great deal of intention and is steeped in her passions, including Chicago sports, as well as amazing self-portraits, which capture a wide range of emotions, including beauty, exuberance, pain, and self-exploration. It is my pleasure to welcome Michaela Petkus to the Undaunted Creative. Wow, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, looking at your work and getting to know you, I get the sense that you discovered your artistic abilities early in life. Can mm-hmm. you take us on that journey of realizing that uh, what you were creating at an early age was quite possibly different from other children in your circle? Yeah, um, I did start creating at a very young age. I'm not sure if I knew that it was different from anybody else. It was always just kind of um, a creative outlet. And one of my older sisters, Joy, was an artist. So um, I definitely always looked up to her. And that was definitely one of the reasons that I um, pursued art in the first place. Um, But I wouldn't say that I really took it seriously or saw myself as... um, like set apart from anybody else until my early 20s um, when I went to school for for fine art. That's when I kind of realized that I had somewhat of some sort of talent, I guess. But before that, I, I wasn't really considering it that way. Well, you know, teachers have that innate ability to see potential and in some cases become one of the strongest advocates for that child. Who were some of your early supporters? Um... I didn't really, I wouldn't say that I really had supporters early on um, when it came to art, especially. Um, I wasn't really in, I didn't really grow up in like a super supportive environment. I kind of grew up in like more of a unhealthy household. Um, So it was more just like everybody was in survival mode type of thing. Um, So I didn't really have that support necessarily until I would say the first supportive adult in my life came at 17, probably from um, a psychology teacher, but that was more so just support um, mentally. That was the first time I felt like heard and supported and like somebody really cared about me. And would you say that your parents maybe fit that role of quote-unquote, not taking your talent seriously enough on the artistic side? So, I guess, no, they didn't really take it seriously. They weren't super supportive, like, in general of anything. Um, So I didn't really expect them to be supportive of my art, if that makes sense. Um, But they definitely were coming from a point of view where... um, they, I guess, were in survival mode as well. So they didn't really encourage us to pursue like passions or sports or um, school necessarily. Like I know I talked to you about this before, but um, my parents were very 
discouraging of even going to college and kind of treated it like a non-option. And um, I remember like my sister being the first one to try to go to college and my mom would like throw out her acceptance letters and um, like college pamphlets and stuff like that. So there was always just a discouraging of everything. Um, so encouragement after a certain point just wasn't expected from them. You know, one of the reasons that this story resonated with me is that for many artists, part of one's motivation becomes a driving force to prove those doubters wrong. Does mm-hmm. a part of you maybe, does that ring true for you when, you um, do, when you're doing your art? Yeah. I, I don't know if I would say it's proving anyone wrong. I never really had that type of motivation to prove anyone wrong. Um, I wished I did at some point, like, cause it seems like it gives a lot of people a certain type of drive. Um, but art for me was always just, um, like a, a way of expression and a release of emotion. Um, and by the time I was pursuing it as a career, um, I didn't really have anyone to prove right or wrong besides myself. Cause I was, uh, 20, 22 or 23 at that point. Um, so I wouldn't say I ever felt like I needed to prove anyone wrong, but um, it feels good to, I guess, prove to myself that I can pursue this and be successful in it. And be more than a hobby, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So being a first-generation college student, was it expected that you would choose a career in anything but the arts? Um, I honestly don't know what was expected of me like there was never any type of expectations besides like treating college as a non-option because of finances um but there just was no expectation or no conversation of like what are you interested in or what do you want to do it just was never a conversation um and i think that definitely affected me because I went a really long time feeling feeling like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I hmm, I don't know what they expected of me. A lot of my older siblings were doing like they were bartenders and just kind of working in like um, customer service type fields. And my both of my brothers were in the military, so um, I don't know if they expected me to follow in those in like their their footsteps or go towards those types of careers. But again, it just was never even a conversation. Now, your sister Faith was the support anchor for you during these times, right? You know, did it help to have someone who, in essence, might have seen some of the same behavior um, from your family years earlier? Yeah, yeah. It honestly made all the difference having her. Um, And she's only two years older than me. So we Um, Even though we have um, seven kids in the family total, me and her have a very similar experience, Um, even though we have obviously different points of views of, um, you know, how everything went down in our household. um, She's the only one that was really with me through all of the different transitions in our life, Um, because at one point we me and my siblings were split up. We had to like kind of run away from our father at one point. And she was one of the people that like stayed with me. Um, So it means a lot that 
I've had her throughout like all these different transitions and um, yeah, we've definitely had that conversation a lot and still do of just kind of recognizing um, the unhealthy patterns in our family and, you know, the way that things went down and just being like, oh, that wasn't normal. <laughs> like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Um, and just having that validation to like bounce off of each other has been um like remarkable. I don't know what I would do without her. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring this up because I was, it's very relatable to me in terms of my parents. My father passed away when I was very young, two and a half years old. And my father and mother both came from very large families like yours, six and seven (laughs) respectively. Um, And you sometimes get lost in that sort of transition of you're one of the um, you know, you're one of the siblings, but there can be a huge difference from what happened to maybe the first two siblings mm-hmm. to the last few siblings, right? Yes, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And, and, and that sort of brings me to you majoring in psychology before mm-hmm. coming to Columbia. Was that mm-hmm. sort of an impetus for you because of this family dynamic? Yeah, for sure. Um, studying psychology was basically just the way for me to try to understand what I was going through because I was extremely, extremely depressed. Um, I would say starting in um, elementary school and then going into my adulthood, but um, high school especially was extremely difficult for me. Um, And I just, like, no matter how much I had those like really dark thoughts and I had you know I was like self-harming a lot at that time and very like suicidal and just in a really dark place no matter how dark it got I always knew instinctively that it shouldn't be like this or that this wasn't normal Um, so that's ultimately what led me to become really interested in psychology and kind of figure out um, where people I guess where mentally healthy people are and like what their thoughts look like versus what mine looked like and even like healthy households that was kind of the first um like experience I got of you know what um more functioning households maybe looked like and then also my um, psychology teacher in high school was like I mentioned a huge support for me and was the first one that was kind of like um, gently letting me know that like therapy would be a good option for things that I went through. Um, so that definitely inspired me as well to go into that field. Well, I, I kudos to you because you had the clarity to know that you needed to get better because mental health knows no race, culture, or creed. It also has the propensity of creeping into one's life unexpectedly. Like for yeah. example, you could be going strong and then all of a sudden some you hit a rough patch and people who don't struggle with it, you know, fail to understand that that rough patch can be either a few hours, could be a days, it could be months, it could be a year, two years. So your sister was a constant throughout your life. How is How important was that bond during your mental health struggles during this time? It was, it honestly meant everything to me. Um, We were also at the point when I was um, going to school for psychology initially and kind of when I ended up withdrawing from that and, you know, taking that kind of break from school, um, me and her were living together. And it, it honestly means everything to me that she's 
been like the one constant in my life um, and that we're as close as we are because even looking at um, some of my older siblings who are the same, you know, years apart as Faith and I are, but don't have the same type of relationship. I'm extremely grateful that we um, are like genuine friends and are genuinely there for each other. Um, and just being able to to talk honestly about our fam family dynamic and things that happened in the past has been like just an amazing way to um, to speak with someone, but aside from a therapist, like someone that really understands what our household was like. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. And I don't think I would be where I am mentally if it weren't for um, her and the fact that we can talk so openly about that stuff. Yeah, and I think what's very interesting too is it was not only a cathartic experience being able to lean on her, but mm -hmm. because she had been through some of the same things, you have someone who, you know, you're connected with, you're bonded with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have to explain certain things to her. Like, it can be hard to explain our family situation because it is just so, like, complex and just strange <laughs> is the way we describe, like, our father especially is just he's so hard to describe to other people. Um so yeah, it's really nice to that she just understands and we can talk about those things and just have that level of understanding of the weirdness that we went through. <laughs> so I want to fast forward to 2020. You decide to follow that artistic path that started as a child so many year, years ago and you end up enrolling at Columbia. Mm -hmm. 2020, we're smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Was there a concern on your part that your education might not be as beneficial due to the classes being online at the time? I I honestly didn't think that. I was thinking, is it worth it to go to college for something like art? That was always something that I kind of went back and forth with. Like, should I just get out in the field and like keep creating? Um, I never really thought that about online learning because I spent a lot of years in isolation, like before the pandemic. So it didn't really change much. Um, once we did, you know, once the pandemic happened, I felt like my, my life didn't really change that much. Um, so I was used to being in isolation. I was used to creating in isolation a lot. Um, so I actually like thrived in online learning. I loved just like being in my own space and um, yeah, especially creating in solitude was, was really nice. So I never really considered that. I was just more so um, wondering if going to school for art is necessary, but ultimately I'm glad that, that I went back. So you start to rebuild that artistic confidence and freedom during this time. Mm -hmm. Additionally, you start working at the Career Center as a front desk assistant. With so much change occurring, did your art begin to change or did you see an uptick in more projects being created by you? Yeah, I definitely um, have created more since I've been at Columbia than I ever have, even aside from, you know, the projects that were assigned to do. Um, the all of the changes in my life for sure contributed to it. And um, just being inspired by my professors and like my fellow students and seeing their artwork always um, inspires me and just encourages me to, um, to just get my ideas out there. Um, 
I would say I had kind of a a period during my time at Columbia recently where I kind of fell into creating more what I thought people would buy rather than what I wanted to create. So I'm kind of um, coming out of that right now and trying to get back to just creating from my experience and my emotions and um, the stuff that made me want to do it in the first place. This past summer was significant for you. You secured an internship with Chicago Mosaic School, where you also found a variety of mentors. What were some of the highlights from this internship? Um, I would say one of the highlights for me is just the community that they have there is um, really amazing. Like it's a it's a pretty small, like tight knit nonprofit school, um, so everybody is supportive of each other and ready to help out um, in the school and in the gallery, but also in each other's personal lives. Like everyone is genuinely friends and really likes each other, which has been really cool to see. Um, and when I was thinking of what I wanted from an opportunity, that was one of the the main things that I was kind of asking God for was um, like a healthy, supportive, artistic community. Um, so that's definitely been a highlight, just getting to know everyone. And I've only been there for about a month now, but um, I really loved getting to know everyone, and I'm I'm really looking forward to continuing there. So let's talk about your art. Can you walk us through some of your work and the differing styles? Sure. Um, I would say, hmm... I always kind of have a hard time describing my style just because it's changed so much within the last, even the last year. Um, I would say a lot of my work that I'm most proud of is the um, more expressive work that's just trying to, I wouldn't say trying, the work that is expressing a specific emotion or experience that um, I feel like when it's in your head, you might think that you're the only one that feels that way. But then when I create it and put it out and into the into the world, um, a lot of people reach out and say that they relate in a certain type of way. So um, I really enjoy creating those types of work that um, are emotion focused. Um, and then I would say the last year, I kind of went more into portrait work and kind of creating um honestly i was more so creating things that um, i thought people would buy and i kind of fell into that like trap of thinking how am i going to make money from this and that's when i kind of started doing like the sports stuff and like chicago series and um all those types of things and i did enjoy making those but ultimately it's not um it's not i guess the type of work that I genuinely am proud of just because I do think that um, being an artist, we do have a responsibility to um, be conscious of the voice that we have and what we're putting out there. And no matter how many people see it, I just always want to be really conscious of everything that I'm creating and putting out there. Um, so I would say my style has definitely changed significantly throughout the years, but um, I'm working to get back to a more expressive, emotive style, for sure. You mentioned a few weeks ago when in our conversation that the human body, and, and very specifically the human face, play a significant role in your work. Can you speak to that? 
Yeah, um, that's always, I would say, the most emotive part of someone, in my opinion. Um, so anytime I'm trying to portray emotion or a certain type of experience, even if I'm portraying an experience, I'm normally, um, the focus is still how the experience is affecting the subject, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's why I'm, I'm typically drawn to portrait work is there's just so much um, beauty and emotion and just complexity that can be seen in the human face. Um, yeah, and then as far as the body, I think I, for a while, just had a really, like, really good time exploring um, sexuality in art, especially being raised in, like, a really strict um, Christian environment where sexuality was so, like, shameful and, you know, um, never taught as something, like, beautiful or empowering or anything. Um, I had a really good time kind of exploring that side through my art and displaying it as something beautiful and empowering. And, um, yeah. So when you're doing a self-portrait, do you have pictures close by to inspire the juxtaposition of your physical image as well as that moment in time? Yeah, I normally, um, the idea normally starts as just like an image in my head. It's normally like more of a movie playing in my head, if that makes sense. Um, and then I look for references. I either look for photo references or take my own photo references that um, I feel like will best contribute to to the piece. Wow, that is so intriguing. And and that's one of the reasons that I, I really wanted to talk to you and have you on, on the Undaunted Creative is just your creative output. You talk about being in isolation, and I, I find that a lot of artists, a lot of creatives, uh, their best work is done Mm-hmm. solo by themselves in a space where they're very comfortable do you envision owning your own studio because i know right now you've been you know you're in apartments and you sort of make the apartment your own studio correct mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i know that i'll i'll have a studio one day that's um kind of a a guarantee in my mind um or i try to frame it that way i know i'll have a studio one day um but for the time being, I definitely try to utilize my apartment. And I they do have options at Columbia, like they have the shared studios and stuff like that. But like we talked about, isolation can be, um, to me, like such an essential part of creating. I kind of feel like um, creating around people can just feel like invasive sometimes. It just feels like a um, like a communion almost, like a really spiritual experience. and. A lot of times I'm really emotional while I'm creating and I'm writing about the experience that I'm painting and trying to do, you know, all these things to um, to just like let those emotions flow and get it out as honestly as I can. Um, so, yeah, I I'm really excited for the day that I do have a studio and can kind of make that my own little hermit space. Well, is music, is that more of a distraction when you're creating or are there specific Mm -hmm. artists or groups that you maybe veer towards when creating or do you use them at all? Um, Music normally does play a really big part in a lot of my pieces actually. A lot of music is what ultimately inspires the like vision that I have for a piece. 
Um, and when I post those to like Instagram or something, I'll always be sure to like pair the song that inspired something with the piece um, or I'll title it after the song or something like that. But um, yeah, music and film are probably the two things that really spark those, those visions in my head. Um, sometimes I create to music, but um, most times it's actually <laughs> just in silence and I'm, um, or I'll put on some like instrumentals or something like that. But um, I, I do feel like um, when I'm creating, I just want to make sure it's the most pure and honest um, interpretation. And I know that, you know, music and um, podcasts sometimes, you know, anything can kind of easily influence my thoughts to switch direction, if that makes sense. So I try to just keep it as um, silent or like pure in my own thoughts as possible. Well, listeners can check out your work on your website. In addition to purchasing work that was already imagined and created by you, people can commission you for artwork. What have been some of your most pleasurable commissioned pieces? Ooh, um, I really liked um, a piece that I, it was a Chicago piece that I did. Um, the direction that he gave me was incorporating Chicago with the female figure. Um, and then after just kind of thinking about that, I had a vision of a woman um, kind of like with her back arched and her back being the bean, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really fun piece to create. And it's definitely one of the ones I'm most proud of. Um, and also a piece, um, it actually wasn't commissioned, but it was sold after I created it, but the title is Her. Um, and it was um, one of those really emotive, like cathartic pieces. Um, and that's probably the painting that I'm I'm most proud of. But yeah, I love, love commissions also. As we wrap things up here, on a personal level, how often are you creating and what are some of the projects you're working on? Um, I try to create every day, whether it's, um, sometimes it's just doing like some quick sketching exercises or some days it's like a full-blown you know painting session um but i try to be disciplined in doing it every day especially recently um in the past i definitely would like be more um on and off with it and i just want to give it the respect that it, it deserves so i'm really trying to um make sure that i'm doing something creative every day whether that's writing painting um something like that um, right now, I am working on just getting back to creating more emotive work and kind of steering away from the more like, like I was saying earlier, stuff that I thought like would sell. I'm trying to um, kind of redirect back to my roots and um, what drove me to create in the first place. So there's been a lot of just self-reflection and like thinking back on my childhood experiences and um, everything that's kind of brought me to this point. So there's a lot of work coming out of that for sure. And let's put a little plug in, website, Instagram. Okay, so my website is mmercyart.com and then my Instagram is Michaela Mercy Art. 
Fantastic work. Michaela, we covered a lot of ground. I'm more than certain that your story will resonate with others as well as inspire them to seek out support in difficult times. I appreciate you bringing your energy and transparency to this conversation. Thanks so much for joining me on The Undaunted Creative. Thank you so much for having me.